We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. 49ers Player Show, in this case, 49ers Veteran Player Show, is brought to you by Harris Ranch Beef, legendary beef, legendary quality. Shop at your local Rayleigh's, Bel Air, and Knob Hill supermarkets for all of your tailgate needs. Ricky Waters, nice enough to join us here on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Ricky, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to have you on today. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on. A Super Bowl champion, obviously, with the 49ers. Five-time Pro Bowler. Three seasons is Philadelphia, in Philadelphia as well. Where is where is your heart taking you in this game? Do you, do you look at it through the eyeballs of a former 49er or through the eyeballs of a former Eagle? Well, I mean, there's no way I can't look at it as both because I was both. <laughs> so I, I totally see it from both aspects and uh i like what i see when i look at both i mean obviously you gotta say that philadelphia had an amazing season this year they have been like the team to beat the whole year their quarterback is a just a bona fide mvp uh candidate i think a budding you know uh superstar you know in his own right but i also have to say these 49ers man they have been amazing this year when I think of what you were great at, Ricky, and, and you were great at a lot of things, not only could you run it out of the backfield, but you could catch it. I mean, you could be lined up anywhere and be a threat. And that kind of reminds me of Christian McCaffrey. I'm wondering yeah. if you don't see a little of yourself in him as well. Without a doubt. I, I've talked to his dad, Ed McCaffrey. He was a tough player in his own right. He told me that he watched film on me, and I was like, man, he studied well because I see the similarities, man. He's a great player, and, and the fact that he could come in mid-season like he did and to just, like, I mean, he looked like he's always been here. I mean, it's crazy how well he fits in with the system, how well Shanahan is, is uh, putting in in the system. I think he has uh, freed it up for everybody uh, to do what they do best. When I when I look at it, Debo doesn't have to run the ball as much, you know, from the backfield because he, he's got Eliza Mitchell, can be that change of pace player that they want him to be coming in. Of course, uh, Kittle is just amazing, and he's just one one tackle uh, break away from uh, going to the uh, goal line each time he touches the ball. You know, him and Debo are the same in that way. I think they're so explosive. And now that Brock Purdy is playing the way he's playing, I mean, he's pretty good, right, <laughs> like we like to say. Um, when you look at McCaffrey, what – specific things remind you of you? I mean, yes, you both catch the ball out of the backfield. Yes, you're really good between the tackles, but are there stylistic things or nuanced things that you see in him that you saw in yourself? Yep, patience. A lot of people don't understand the patience of running the football. It's not like you just get the ball and you just burrow away and just go and run over because you can't do that in the NFL anyway. You can't really just run guys over and and guys that could do that for a little bit, they found out they couldn't do that for, you know, a total career running the ball in this NFL the way these guys hit. I love his patience, the way he waits for his blockers. He understands where his blocking is coming from. I can tell that he's a student of the game, that he is, uh, that he studies. The fact that he could come right in, a whole new system, new guys. Guys, he, he doesn't know these guys. He hasn't had an offseason with these guys or with this system or anything for him to come in and not miss a beat the way he has 
he's a student of the game, and I was a student of the game. We understood where the blocking schemes are coming from. We understood when we had to pick up the blitzes and where those blitzes are coming from. You can tell that he is a student of the game. Ricky Waters, our guest here on Damon and Ratto. And again, it's probably be in, easier to be a student of the game when you go to a college that actually requires you to be a student. You were a Notre Dame guy, and obviously Stanford for Christian McCaffrey, so brains and brawn make for the best football players. There is no doubt about it. When I look at how much football has changed since your playing days, I think it's safe to mm-hmm. say you didn't run a single RPO in your professional life, right? I mean, or maybe you did a little something like that, but it wasn't called RPOs. What would Ricky Waters have been in an RPO offense? Man, well, first I would have to understand that I can't grab the ball and take it. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably the first thing. I probably want to take the ball every time. No, I got it. Just let me take it. But uh, to understand that the quarterback is in control in that situation, I I did that sort of thing with uh, Tony Rice. That's how we kind of, you know, with the option, the way we ran it. And you never know when he was going to give you the ball, when he was going to pull it out, and when he's going to throw it or pitch it, you know, to another back that's coming around. So I, I have had that, and it's a lot of fun because when guys don't know that you're getting the ball, it's a little different than everybody teeing off and having eight-man front up against you, which I had a lot in my career where the guys knew I was getting the ball, and they're all kind of have their ears pinned back coming to, to stop me. Uh, you played in two legendarily difficult stadiums in Candlestick Park and the Vet. Which nope. which would you say is the tougher place for a visitor to play? Man, it was <laughs> those. That's almost like a comedy skit right there. In, in some aspects, uh, when you talk about the Vet, man, it was it was a tough one. I, I mean, it felt like it was like. No padding under there. Like, they just had a, a carpet that we were playing on, and a lot of times that carpet had seams in it that, you know, they didn't quite mess up uh, correctly. So that was a tough place to play. I felt like it made me tougher, though. It made me, a, like, a stronger player playing on it at the time, maybe because I had to think that. You know, you just have to psych your mind out. So, man, I wish I could have played on in the, in the Lincoln or in uh, Levi Stadium. But uh, the same thing, even with Candlestick Man, the, the swirling wind that would kind of take the ball, and you would have to kind of follow that ball down to the left or <laughs> down to the right to catch it. So, there, you know, there's a lot of things that were challenging about that, especially in the preseason when they had that the diamond out there and you're getting tackled on that dirt. I never uh, liked that too much. <laughs> Ricky, what can you tell us about the lead-up to your first NFC title game? the weight of the game being put on, you know, on your shoulders. You were a massive part of the game plan. And then, you know, obviously, you win the game, you're off to the Super Bowl, and all memories of that Super Bowl were how much Kyle's dad, Mike Shanahan, just went into the game thinking, all right, so we have the game plan to win. Like, if this play sets up, it'll set up to this play, and then this play for sure will be a touchdown. Like, it sounds so easy with you know the benefit of hindsight in 2020, but how confident were you going into your first NFC title game, and then when the stakes get even higher going into that Super Bowl, how much different did it feel? Well, I can tell you, I mean, being on a veteran team like that, I was the younger player at that time, but being on a team like that, seeing Steve and the guys, the way we were practicing that whole year, the way we, I, I remember we took a L and it was to Philadelphia. <laughs> they came in and caught us off, off guard and we took that L. After that, we said, man, that's it. We were so focused and everybody was so compelled in practice that we were treating every practice like it was a game. We didn't want to drop the ball. Nobody wanted to fumble the ball. Nobody wanted to have a missed snap, anything like that. Like we were on top of everything and we were just rolling and in and, and the, even the way we came out, guys were all fired up and, you know, high-fiving as if we're about to play a game when we're just practicing. That's when you can see it. And it was just infectious. It was throughout the whole team. Everybody was starting to, like, we all, we all wanted to do well for ourselves, obviously, but we started to play for each other. We were like a real team 
we really believe, like, if I do my job, if I run this route that I'm supposed to run, not trying to do too much, just do exactly what I'm supposed to do, that the other person's going to do that, and everybody else is going to do their job, and it's going to be a successful play. And each time, that's what it was because we believed in it. Uh, that Super Bowl year, you guys played a bunch of games where you just rolled the opponent. Um, <laughs> was that the easiest football you ever played, just in terms of not having to worry about, man, these guys are good? I mean, you, I mean, you put a, you put up fifty on Atlanta, you put thirty-five on New Orleans. I mean, even the Super Bowl, you put up forty-nine. Was it just easier to play every week because really? Other than the stinker against Philadelphia, you were you were rolling up points on everyone. Yep, and like I said, it, you're right. Like I said, they could they couldn't put the eight man fronts up there, you know, and roll the safety down to kind of make it a nine man front on me and stuff like that. You can't do that when you got Jerry Rice out there, and you got John Taylor on the other side. I mean, it was just one of those things where. If we just do our job and do exactly what we're supposed to do and we practice the right way, we're going to do well. And, and the fact that we would do everything uh, full out, we would run full out. We wouldn't do any jogging so that when we came to the game, I, I, I used to always feel like the other team's starting to get tired now. And you could feel them getting tired, and we weren't getting tired. It was like we were getting stronger each time. And I, I love that. That's something that the 49ers brought to me that I, I was in shape when I came, <laughs> but not until I started running that mountain with Jerry Rice and them did I, did I start realizing what that kind of stamina is all about and going out there on the track afterwards and then going and lifting weights after that. And to have that kind of stamina and the understanding of this is what it takes to be a real champion in this league. You have to step it up and you have to always get better and look for an edge. And that's what those guys taught me, and I'm so glad that I that I played with guys like that. Ricky Waters here on 95.7 The Game. When you played, you needed to be in an amazing shape because you played in the era of, like, bell cow running backs. 25, 30 yeah. carries <laughs> was just not out of the question. It happened often. And then, you know, we, we watched football. It always goes through different evolutions, and we saw, like, a devaluing of the running back position to the point where you'd be watching NFL drafts and the draft Knicks would be on stage saying, hey, you don't even take a running back in the first three rounds anymore. They're a dime a dozen. You can get them later. And the running back Crazy. became devalued and we're, I think, starting to see it become valuable again, especially when you see what Christian McCaffrey did and how this guy's been a, a skeleton key that has not just unlocked you know, a, a running game, but an entire offense around him. Do you think we're about to see the pendulum swing back to running backs finding more value? I would love to see that. I always, I love the running back position. I played wide receiver. I played defensive back. I played safety. I played quarterback. But I love the running back position because that, to me, is the stud position. You have to do so many different things. Even when they fake the ball to you, you still get tackled on the other side when the camera keeps on panning around with the quarterback. They don't see what's happening to the running back on the other side. And if you're not getting tackled, you're blocking somebody who's probably bigger than you are. And you're and you're also trying to run through guys who are bigger than you are, some of them faster than you are. So, I mean, when you really look at what the running back has to do, especially one who does all the things that we do, uh, in the passing game, I go. I used to go out and I would play. I would be X. On this play, I'm X. On this play, I'm Z. This play, I'm the tight end. I'm, I'm off. I'm a wing back. It, it didn't even matter. I had to know everybody's position. I had to play those positions and play it and run those routes like they would run those routes uh, in those positions. I used to do a little bit about how, you know, if you liked, if you liked Ricky, with 15 touches, you're going to love him with 30. And Ricky needs a ball 35 times to be effective. That's what I, I used it. to scream. 35 touches for Ricky. <laughs> it was great having you on today. We're so happy to have caught up with you. It was great catching up. Our friends at Harris Ranch Beef want to say thanks as well. And they're going to send you 10 pounds of prime steaks. And you get to choose your cut, Ricky. Ribeye. Mm -hmm. 
Ribeye, Porterhouse, or New York Strips? Where are you going? God, I love all of them, but I'm going to have to go with the ribeye. That is the correct answer. Once it's amazing how many well-fed football players continue to get that answer right week after week after week. Ricky, thank you very much. Thank you so much. You know I love my protein, too. <laughs> he loves his touches. He loves his protein. Uh, we, 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 we got a prediction for this weekend. Which way are you leaning? Man, this is a really tough one. I, I think that if any team can go out there and beat these guys, it's the 49ers. But I don't know, man, with Jalen Hurts and that, uh, and them being at home, I don't know. That's a really tough one. I might have to go with the Eagles on this one. I think it's going to be a close one, though. Real close. Here's the thing. We're not going to take back the stakes just because you're honest. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ricky. All right, bro. <laughs> Ricky Waters. You're on 95-7 the game. God, he was great. He was great. We should have Ricky on every week. He was fantastic. It just, it's a good player. When he had it, he had it. Most guys can be bribed with meat. I think that's what we're learning. What are you saying? You're above that? I'm not making a value judgment. I'm just saying most of the people that have been given stakes probably came on because they they heard the stake story before the interview. I do believe it is one of Lucas's opening comments yeah. when booking guests. Hey, would you like free meat? Do you would? Okay, you have to talk to a, to a couple of strangers to do it. But they'll take it anyway. Well marbled, delicious. Come and get it. It can be yours. Gotta say, it works better on former and current professional athletes than most other normal people, too. Because they do enjoy protein. They need it. Recovery. Thank you, Lucas. <laughs> what the hell was that? No, that was, that, was a great, that was a great breakdown of why it works. Yeah. Gee, free yeah. stuff doesn't really enter into it. It's because they need more protein. Protein. Lifting. Protein. Weights. You're not just drinking like protein shakes. You're going to need some beef in there. Uh, do you realize the beef you need to put together a 12-game winning streak? Not just in football, but anywhere in professional sports. Ray, painstaking. Ah, that's, that's an exaggeration. Yeah, no, stop, stop. Uh, Back the truck up, start the sentence again. So I spent a little time online. There you go. Coming up with the longest winning streaks in team sports history. Some of these are just regular seasons. Some of these extend to regular season plus playoff success as well. And I'd like to go through because a few of them, two in the top ten as a matter of fact, have been baked up right here in the Bay Area. The single longest team winning streak in American sports history, De La Salle football. 151 game winning streak, 12 consecutive undefeated seasons by Bob Latticer. That's amazing. And they covered the spread in most of those. I'm glad that you're gambling on local high school football, right? That's what they're there for. You don't think that happens in Texas? Was there a line, seriously, that people were playing in De La Salle games? I'm sure after a while there probably was. I know you can... There's active betting at most top-level Texas and Florida football games. That's just a given. Well, I mean, they do have a football problem oh, in those they, states. It's profound. Uh, it's glorious, if you don't mind me saying. So we go from 151, longest team winning streak in the history of team sports in America, to uh, not just America, by the way. It's, that's the world, because we got worldwide teams appearing in this as I painstakingly, Ray, put this list together. Painstakingly. 111. 40 fewer wins than De La Salle is coming in at number two. It's the UConn Women's Hoops program between 2014 and 2017. 111 games won by Team Gino Oriema. 110 comes up third place, but more on that in a moment. Followed by 101, North Carolina women's soccer won 101 consecutive games. After that, we go back to men's basketball. 88 wins, UCLA, 71 through 74. 88 wins in a row for UCLA at the you know, height of the John Wooden power. But not the dawn of the power. That's another winning streak that we'll get to in just a moment. After 88 wins, it was 68 wins by Team USA. The 68 wins ending controversially. In the Munich Olympics, 
Henry Iba. Pay more attention. There could be a language barrier. Have that ready to go. Uh, coming in seventh, longest winning streak in the history of sports. USF Dons, the 60-game winning streak and back-to-back titles by Bill Russell. Followed by a 54 and a 55-game winning streak. Both done, Ray, by the Mount Union Purple Raiders. The Purple Raiders had a 54-game winning streak, lose one in the playoffs, and then followed that with a 55-game winning streak. At one point, they had a 110-game regular season winning streak. This is a Division Three program, and that's the 110 that I was telling you about that we'd get back to in a minute. So the Mount Union Purple Raiders get represented three times in the top ten. I am amazed they didn't fire the coach after the loss. The one loss should have had it coming, man. That's a pink slip normally. Uh, 54 wins for the Louisiana Tech women's hoop team uh, that won 54 straight games between 1980 and 1982. 49 consecutive wins by Arsenal FC. What does that stand for? Fancy club? Football club. Oh, thank you very much. 49 consecutive Premier League games won. There had to have been... um, just a ton of fake ankle injuries over that streak. No, they were known as the Invincibles because they are the only team to ever go unbeaten in a Premier League season. 47-game winning streak by the UCLA men once again. That is the 47-game winning streak that didn't end in South Bend to Digger Phelps, but rather ended to Phi Slamma Jamma in the college football game, basketball game, pardon me, of the century at that time. At the Astrodome. At the Astrodome, yeah. 47-game uh, winning streak is the longest by a football program. That wasn't a high school football program. The 47 games, one in a row between 1953 and 57 by the Oklahoma Sooners. Bud Wilkinson. That's right. 46, you have Pat Summit at the peak of her powers with the Lady Vols. Then we go from 46 all the way down to 33. That is the record that the Lakers put up. That is the NBA consecutive games one record. That's the Will Chamberlain year. That's right. When they went 69-13 and 13 and blew through the playoffs. After that, the 28-game winning streak of the Golden State Warriors that spans two regular seasons. They won four games before winning 24 straight to start the 15-16 season. After the 28-game winning streak by the Golden State Warriors, we have 27 in a row by LeBron and the Heatles at the peak of his power in Miami. After 27, we go to 26, where you find baseball for the first time to enter the conversation. Your 1916 New York Giants won 26 straight games. Now, if you're saying we're eventually going to get to the Oakland A's, well, you know, they do have a streak. But their 20-game winning streak, which was the peak of Moneyball, got eclipsed in 2017 by the Cleveland Indians when they rattled off 22 straight. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, The Patriots, our first NFL winning streak on the list, coming in 18th longest winning streak in professional sports history. A 21-game winning streak. The Patriots ended up closing out the 2003 regular season with 12 straight wins. They then win three consecutive playoff games, which included the Super Bowl. And then, with a 15-game winning streak, playoffs included underway, they opened the 2004 season with six more victories. 21 games in a row in the NFL is an absurdity that we will probably never see matched. You wouldn't think so. I mean, that, that was that were, those were the best Patriots teams. I mean, that was... Brady at, at the height of his skills uh, and Belichick at the height of his powers as well. Well, funny the way that worked. Yeah, it really is. Are you ready for a little hockey, Ray? I know the answer to this. When Andy Moog is in the pipes, you don't have much to worry about. Penguins, 17-game winning streak. I'm guessing Mario Lemieux might have had his fingerprints over a win or two as well there. Uh, was that Tom Barrasso? Yeah, it wasn't Andy Moog. It wasn't Andy Moog. Was it Tom Barrasso? Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, they had they had a streak. Wait, Andy Moog was a Bruin, right? He was a number of different. Th- I mean, he okay. played he played in Edmonton too. I mean, it's you know he he was well traveled, but he was pretty good. He was always he always had the benefit of being on great teams because I he wasn't a Hall of Fame goaltender, but and even and back then there were a lot of eight five games, but the thing was the Penguins had enough guys to get the eight. 
Somebody says Paul Coffey, guys like Paul Coffey, there you go. Hell of a player. Blue liner, Ray. Yarmir Yager. Yarmir Yager. Damon, you really don't know what FC means? Pathetic. Yeah, I know what it means. It stands for fancy cleats. Okay. I want to dig your way out of this one. I dare you. Penguin, 17-game winning streak, followed by, coming in at number 20, the Carolina Panthers at 1.114 games in a row. The year that they went to the Super Bowl, by the way, at Levi's Stadium. Indianapolis, the height of the Peyton Manning is really good. Uh, 114 in a row. For the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl this year, they will have had to win 14 games in a row. So all they have to have is a nearly unheard of, historically significant winning streak to win the Super Bowl this year. That's it, Ray. That's all they need. That and all the history that is working against Brock Purdy. Because no rookie quarterback has ever won three postseason games in his rookie year. We saw Sanchez win two. We saw Joe Flacco win two. No one's ever won three. He's got to go win four. Or they get rid of him. I think he's pretty good. I think he is going to be okay when it's all said and done. He's day-to-day. I don't know about that. Uh, Check back on Monday. The longest ever winning streak put together by the San Francisco 49ers, playoffs included, are from the 1989 season wrapping around into the 19 season, or excuse me, the 90 season, where they won 18 games in a row. So the 49ers to be Super Bowl champions this year have to be four games short of the longest winning streak in franchise history. These are big asks. These are very big asks. Yeah, but most of the asking's already been done. They really don't have to win 18 in a row. They only have to win two in a row. That's right. And then they can worry about next year when next year happens. I wouldn't even worry about next year if you win the next two. At that point, you're playing with some house money. I was asked... Which will last three weeks with this fan base. You're right about that. But I was asked, you know, where where does Kyle Shanahan stand if he loses this game? Uh, uh, there is absolutely nothing to worry about in terms of job security for anyone based on the outcome of this game. There really isn't. Shanahan's a made guy. We all know that. Brock Purdy has played himself into the good graces of this fan base going forward. And I'm not saying that you get a mulligan on the tee box of the NFC Championship game, but I do believe that a little bit less outrage would follow this loss. I think there are, how about this, even the most overzealous you win or you die fans would have to admit that Kyle Shanahan has put together a remarkable train of thought this football season well that's true in addition i think if they lose to the eagles it will kind of depend on how they lose because i think most people perceive that the eagles are a slightly better team and if you lose to a slightly better team on their home ground it's not the same level of shame that would come if you got hammered at home so i you know i i think I think you're right. Shanahan's playing with Casino's money in terms of that. But this is also a fan base that finds ways to complain about most good things. Sure. I mean, they're still trying to wrap their head around the fact that they can't figure out why they hate Jimmy Garoppolo, except that they do. They've just decided that. So it's not an easy-to-please fan base, and it's not an easy-to-understand fan base. Because Kyle Shanahan should have bought all the goodwill in the world after last year. When they were foundering around, and all of a sudden he found the w- the way to use Debo Samuel in a way that teams and fans didn't see coming. So I think he was already a made guy as far as that goes. Somebody says the fact Kyle Shanahan is a made man is honestly laughable from the 925. No, what is honestly laughable is that you would even try to argue. And let me completely dunk on you, good sir or madam who dare text in to say that Kyle Shanahan is a made man is laughable. He's 6-2 and two as a head coach in the postseason, including a 2-0 and o record against Dallas, by the way. That is a 75% playoff winning percentage 
And if games coach is not a factor, that is the greatest winning percentage in NFL playoff history. So Kyle Shanahan today stands with the greatest winning percentage in playoff history. Bill Belichick at 31 and 13 comes in at 70%. Kyle Shanahan's six postseason wins are already the third most in franchise history. And unlike Bill Walsh or Joe Seifert, uh, George Seifert, he, he or did, Joe or, or Joe. Well, I'm saying he didn't have Joe Montana or Steve Young or George Young or George of the Jungle. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is already measurably the third most successful head coach in the history of the San Francisco 49ers. That's who he is. Uh, oh, I don't like him to be that guy. That's not who he is to me. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who he is to you. Somebody said, is James Harden a made man? Same logic. No, you're not. It's not the same logic at all. James Harden? What are you talking about? Uh, if I might, and I don't want to jump on your point, but... Yes, you do. No, 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 no. Just hear me out. I'm not... I think it also bears noting that the roster that Kyle Shanahan has been given to coach was given to him by Kyle Shanahan. So he's a made guy twice, right. not just once. So if you're finding a way to complain because he organized a team that gave up 21 points in a Super Bowl in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl and then lost a conference final because somebody dropped an interception, then... You need to find a better sport for you. Thank you. By the way, you didn't jump on my point. You buttressed it. Well, no, but I I was sort of jumping on your shoulders to make an additional point. I wasn't disagreeing with you. I merely pointed out that he's a made guy even when he's wearing a suit. Active coach playoff win totals. Active coaches in this league right now. All right, so Bill Belichick's out in front with 31. Andy Reid has 20. Followed by three guys who come in at 11. Pete Carroll, Mike McCarthy, and John Harbaugh. Mike Tomlin, 8. Sean McVay, 7. Kyle Shanahan, 6. And here's another reason why Kyle Shanahan is a made guy, especially if he does indeed win this weekend, too. If he wins this weekend, Kyle Shanahan would now be 7-2 and two in the postseason as head coach, which would tie him with Sean McVay for the second most postseason wins in the NFL since he became a head coach. And really, your timeline, or in this case, Kyle's timeline, his timeline, is the only timeline he should be measured in. You know, what are we going to blame? Well, you didn't become a head coach earlier. Since he's been a head coach, he's been exemplary. Only Andy Reid has more postseason wins than Kyle Shanahan since Kyle Shanahan became a head coach. So, there you go. The fact that Kyle Shanahan is a made man isn't honestly laughable as much as it is you could bring this into a court of law and win a court case, matter of fact, statement of fact. I mean, it's not, I mean, I don't know how you make the case that he isn't. I mean, I can't construct anything that makes that make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's personal bias. Someone just doesn't like them and will only... Here's the thing. If the only way you can identify the winner of the race or who was even good at racing today is by who broke the finish line first, you have no sports acumen about you at all. If all you understand is this entity wins and all other entity are losers, you have no sports understanding. None. None. Kyle Shanahan, without a Super Bowl, is still regarded league-wide as one of the three, four best coaches in all of football. And if one of the three, four best coaches in all of football isn't good enough for you... You got a level of standards that no NFL owner actually possesses. Boy, you must have the most successfully run household in the history of households. No, they don't. They do not. Uh, this is John in Walnut Creek who would like a little advice before he flies to Philadelphia. Huh. John, you've come to the right place. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Happy Friday, gentlemen. Thank you. Right back at you. Hey, so this week, it's funny, has... 
completely shown all the uniqueness to each different show here on the game between the morning show, the afternoon, and finally you guys. And it's one of those things where you get one piece of advice and you get another. I got Willard telling me to wear the jersey, and I got, you know, Steiny saying keep it down and just mind your own business, blah, blah, blah. And, and I just I needed to consult, you know, the, the final show here on a Friday evening and say, you know, should I genuinely, you know, be concerned going to this game Sunday? Should I wear my red and, or, you know, just kind of what's going to happen? How to, obviously conduct yourself professionally, but if either of you have been to Philadelphia and just kind of what this whole thing's about and how, how it's going to kind of go down for me on Friday. So, You're, Niners, looking forward to the game, and um, you guys have a great weekend and enjoy the game. Thank you, John. Safe flight out there and have a great time. Here's the deal. As long as you don't pop off in a confrontational way, you should be fine. You really should be fine. You could also just catch some shrapnel because that's how drunk and angry these fans might get should the day not go their way. I do agree that the single most vulnerable moment of your trip would be Niners win, you're departing the stadium that's when things could get hairy. So I would say have a layer to throw on there. Bring mind a jacket. Your, mind your peas. And you're going to need to bring a jacket anyways. Cause no, it's but be- I mean, bring a jacket to cover your jersey if you insist on wearing it. And if anybody gives you grief, offer to buy him a beer. Well, that's that gets expensive. Having to buy a beer for an entire upper deck section at length. No, you just buy the first guy who gives you grief. You just buy him a beer. And then just say, bar's closed, kids. He was the first guy. He wins. Here's the deal. It's like a lottery. I'll say I will say this about Eagles fans. There are a lot of NFL confrontations where you'll have one guy sort of leading with his chest and his chin, and the other guy will start yelling back chest and chin. And there's an awful lot of false bravado that really wasn't going to get physical at any point in time. Philadelphia prides itself in throwing the first punch. Eagles fans pride themselves on eh, the sucker punch is one of the levers I might pull today. And, and so that's just what you think is just a verbal confrontation can turn into an actual chin check faster out he, at, out there than it would out here. I would simply say risk reward says don't wear the jersey. Just don't wear the jersey. I think you can. I, I think it's cool to go in there and represent your colors. I got no problem with that. Just mind your p's and q's as you're doing so. What do you think is worse for 49ers fans in enemy territory after a Niners win or after a Niners loss when Eagles fans are feeling extra confident? No, extra confident doesn't mean more punches thrown. Extra angry means more punches thrown. Yeah, you don't. They'll be too busy celebrating their own win to be reveling in the Niners' defeat. Yeah, they'll talk smack, but they won't punch you. Yeah. Have a nice flight home. Yeah. You pansy. <laughs> no, you cleaned that up. I sure did. Yeah. yeah. No, just, I mean, it, just use your head. If you don't wear the jersey, then you avoid a lot of grief. You don't have to have these existential conversations with yourself. Somebody says, that's not going to work, Ray. I've watched many Raider fans take the beer peace offering as a sign of weakness. <laughs> well, I. how about this? I always heard that Man, you could get into a lot of trouble wearing the wrong jersey in Oakland. And I never saw trouble come to somebody in Oakland that wasn't sort of inviting it and asking for it. I think the difference is the trouble that you find in Philadelphia may come without an invitation. I saw any number of times fans walking into the Coliseum wearing Broncos jerseys or... Chiefs jerseys for sure, and even Chargers jerseys, even though they weren't really rivals, and they would catch strays that they didn't ask for. It it waned in time because, among other people, Amy Trask made a concerted effort to make the Coliseum a less actively felonious place. But there were years where if you wore the jersey, that was provocation enough. And that's why I say risk-reward says... Wear something brown. Just don't bother. Have a good time 
root hard for your team. Mind your P's and Q's as you're doing it. How about this? As a football fan, you should know the right way to be a football fan by now. You should be good at this by now. So hopefully you are. When we come on back here to this Football Friday, we'll give you uh, the prop bets you need. We will fade the public. And we will say bonsoir and thank you to a broadcaster who there ain't going to be any guys like that coming down the pipe anytime soon. That's what we got for you this afternoon. The Road to Glendale brought to you by the SF Sheriff Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriff.com today to apply. And Damon and Ratto are brought to you by calhope.org. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. <laughs> so somebody paid $4.99 for one more of these, and why not? It's a big football game on Sunday. Ray, take your headphones off. I'm trying to protect you. Maximum! All right, put your headphones back on. You're going to be okay. Uh, we do have a put maximum your hand football where I can see it. Maximum football games coming up here on 95-7 uh, the game. Or I should say maximum Warriors. Well, maybe because Anthony Slater about a half an hour ago said uh, Andrew Wiggins is warming up, giving it a little test tonight, see if he can go. So uh, maybe that'll help the Golden State Warriors figure out who they are with the Toronto Raptors coming to town. Uh, that is what's coming up tonight here on The Game, brought to you by Fremont Bank. It is uh, Warriors Live with John Dickinson starting at 5 o'clock. And this is indeed our final football Friday, or we will get one more. Okay, yeah. I'm not doing it to you. Uh, football Friday brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the San Francisco 49ers. Shop from over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zenny.com. Somebody on the uh, Otis Bird the Third text line says, look, when it comes to East Coast fans, like listen to Damon, He's kind of from back there. Yeah, I'm an upstate New Yorker. I do know about East Coast jabroniism, as 3D speculated here uh, on the text line. And and here's what I'll, I've always said is the difference between the East Coast and the West Coast. If you had to boil it down to the simplest of terms, the West Coast has mastered passive-aggressive behavior. The East Coast has just mastered aggressive behavior. There's not a lot of passivity to the aggressiveness where there is on the West Coast. I've always felt that that was a really good way to just sum up how people are. Uh, like, it, if you're sitting in a room with two other people who don't like you on the West Coast, chances are you're all going to get along. At, or, or maybe there'll be a little shade thrown at you, but it'll be passive aggressive. And then when you leave the room, those two people will be like, I can't stand that guy. Same th three people at the same lunch on the East Coast. The one guy that you don't like will be mother you know what in real time to your face. That is, they don't just go to Fist City right away. 
not just Fist City right away. No, but there's there's no, geez, I didn't know that you felt that way about me really on the East Coast where that happens all the time, I think, on the West Coast. I think the difference is that on the West Coast, if they don't like you, they won't sit next to you to begin with. That's the same thing with sports. People in the East, well, I should just say people in Philadelphia, they'll go to the game so they can tell the players how much they hate them. Yes, they will. In the Bay Area, they won't go to the game and let the empty upholstery tell the story for them because they'll go do something else. And of the two, the more rational is the West Coast approach. Oh, look, I, I, there's, there's no doubt I could do sports talk radio on the East Coast. I'm glad that I don't. I'm glad that I don't have to pretend to be some screaming maniac to just satisfy the screaming maniacs who are the listeners. Uh, there is a much more reasoned, rational approach to sports on the West Coast that is just what I'm going to call it what it is. It's more adult. Yeah, I mean, look, the Giants, you know, were a fascinating team two years ago. Last year, they weren't very fascinating. And the fans chose to vote with their feet. They stayed home. They had their second worst attendance ever because people were not going to go out of their way to boo. They were just going to stay home. And of the two, I think the ball team would rather they come out and boo. Fade the public. It's officially time. We are one and one in the postseason after having a profitable regular season. Again, we don't pick the game. The game picks us. Lucas, we need to fade the team that has the most amount of action from the public riding on the spread. Who are we fading this weekend? So if we went just teams that only be two games, like I said earlier in the show, we're going to include totals. No, 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 no. We don't go changing, adding any. What is the spread (laughs) that has the most amount of public behind it? Nonetheless, we still would have picked a team, and that team is... The 49ers are the least bet team. Therefore, we are on them. The heaviest bet team of the weekend is the Eagles minus two and a half at home. We are on the 49ers plus two and a half. 91% of the public in that game is on the Eagles minus two and a half. There we go. Again, I'm not looking to squash new ideas. I just don't want any confusion at this point in time. My fault. No, 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 no. No, it is on him. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So there you go. Ray, we're on the Niners plus two and a half. You're on the Niners plus two and a half. I'm betting the under. All right, that's the that's that's what you like. That's the, I actually like the under in both. Now that I think of it, uh, we got universal prop bets for all games. Most amount of passing yards thrown by any human throwing a football this weekend. Three oh nine and a hook over under. I'll take the I'll take the over. Most receiving yards by any player this weekend. One hundred and twelve and a half over under. I'll take the under there. Most rushing yards by any player this weekend, 94 and a half. I'll take the under. Just fading, 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 fading. Night at the props concerning just 49ers and Eagles. Brock Purdy over under 219 passing yards. Over. Passing touchdowns, Brock Purdy, one and a half. Under. Completions. This to me is a tough one. I would not mess with this one. Completions, 19 and a half. Because it feels like he would come in at 19. Like 19 at you know, 19 to 30. If I'm going over on yardage, I should go over on on completions. The one that Joe Fortenbaugh liked, the one that he offered up yesterday, was Brock Purdy rushing yards. Still on the board at nine and a half. He liked the over. He said if the Niners are going to win this game, that probably has to be a number that hits. Rushing yards for Jalen Hurts, 48 and a half. Yeah, that seems right. And I'm fading Fortenbaugh no matter what he says. That's probably a good idea. How about rushing yards for Debo Samuel, 20 and a half? Under. Rushing yards for Christian McCaffrey, 62 and a half. Over. He's going to get the ball 25 times. And like Ricky Waters. He only needs the ball 25, 35 times to be effective. I want to thank Ricky Waters for joining us today. He was outstanding. Uh, My pal John Kincaid coming from Philadelphia was fantastic. Ray, I want to tell you a real quick story about Billy Packer, who passed away last night. Longtime CBS uh, voice of college basketball, along with Jim Nance. Man went to a hundred Final Fours, if you will, to the point where 
I was at a Final Four at the end of Billy Packer's career. And it was about three hours before the first game was about to tip off. Billy's walking around the place. And as far as Billy was concerned, his, his face was his credential. He's got a 19-year-old girl standing on the corner of the court. Who doesn't know who Billy Packer is from anybody? She doesn't know, right? I mean, who cares? He's just an old guy walking around in a suit. She tried to hold him up without a credential. Billy Packer walked past her like she didn't even exist. It's one of the most jackass, big-time, chef-kiss Billy Packer moments ever. And I'm glad I saw it. I loved Packer as the broadcaster. He was such a curmudgeon. He was great. I love Billy Packer. Rest in peace to a man who was not peaceful. Yeah, he ran out of steam near the end. But for the most part, he was... He was more than anybody else the voice of college basketball, even more than Al McGuire and certainly more than Dick Enberg. And he was a lovely SOB. Oh, he was an SOB, to be sure. So are you, my friend. Enjoy yeah, the right. football weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Ray and I will be back then. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you, Grandy. Great week of guests. Great week of radio. Great week of sound. Good job. Stick around. John Dickinson, Warriors Live, is next here on 95.7 The Game. Good luck, 49ers fans, this weekend. It should be an awful lot of fun. In the meantime, please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.